Uh, Psalm uh, 107, if you can turn to Psalm chapter 107 with me, I have a short message that I want to share with you that I believe that the Lord has placed upon my heart. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all, everybody say all, all should come to repentance. And, and so I, I want to pray this morning that God would give me grace. Father, there's a lot of people in this room today. And even as the baptism candidates come from different walks of life, all the people here in this room come from different walks of life. And I thank you that you came not just to seek and save a certain type of people, you didn't just come for, for just the, the Jewish people in, in the time period in which you came. You didn't come just for a certain social class of person. God, I thank you that you came for every single one of us. And I ask, Lord, this morning that the simple message of the gospel as it goes forward today, God, I pray that it would penetrate my heart and our hearts. Touch each one. You know right where each one's at. And I pray that you will minister by the power of your spirit in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Um, psalm 107 is an important psalm to me. It... Uh, it lets me know that Jesus, that God does not have favorites. He does not play favorites. One of, my, uh, one of my rules as a pastor is that I don't know what people give in the offering. I don't know uh, who gives what. And that helps me as a pastor. You know, w one thing that, that pastors can can be prone to do if they know who gives what in the offering is to uh, give into the temptation of favoritism. But God does not show favoritism. Jesus looked at the widow. He looked at the, the widow that put in two mites in the offering, and he said, see this woman? She's put in more than the one that put in thousands and thousands of dollars because she put in everything that she had. You see, Jesus does not measure the way the world measures. He does not measure success the way the world measures. We're planting a church in Petersburg, and last week we had 15 people there, 13 of them all from the Petersburg area, and I said, praise God for that. We just started this church a year ago, and some people would look at that and say, it is not successful. It is not successful. But I look at I, I, I was looking out there at, at the people and I was seeing four, uh, four that came to Christ, two that we baptized, one that had given up on church and was never ever going to go back but saw our float in the parade and said, you know what, I'm going to try that church. And after 10 years, God is healing her heart of hurts that she had in her previous church experience. I look and I see healed cancers. I, I look and I see people that have grown in their walk 
with Jesus by leaps and bounds that are being used by God to do things that they never thought that they could be used by God to, to do. And I just look and I see the mercy and the grace in that church and somebody that would say, oh, it's not successful. I would, I would beg to differ. Because God's definition of success is not the same as man's. Man looks at something one way, but God looks at it completely another. And I thank God he does not pick and choose based upon our social classes. He went to fishermen and said, come and follow me. He went to tax collectors and said, come and follow me. He went to every social class and said, come and follow me. And they came. I want to start in this psalm. It's rather long. I want to start in verse 33. We're going to read the last half of the psalm first. And then we're going to read the first half. In, psalm, in verse 33 of Psalm 107, it says this. He turns rivers into a wilderness. And the water springs into dry ground. A fruitful land... He turns into barrenness for the wicked of those who dwell in it. Wow. This is God that does this. This is God that does this. His work of salvation. But why would he take a river that feeds and gives life and turn it into a wilderness? And why would he take the water springs that people go to to draw from and make them dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness? Why would he do this? He does this because of his goodness. We're going to see that in a little while. I want to thank God that when I was away from him, I want to thank God that when I was not serving him, I want to thank God that not everything went well. I want to thank God that things, that things did fall to pieces. I want to thank God that I did not have the Midas touch, that everything just turned to gold, and everything was great when I was away from God. Because if the river hadn't dried up, if the, wil if the wilderness times had not come, I may not have started to seek God. And so what you see is that the difficult times of life are his mercy and his grace trying to get my attention. Amen? And so then verse 35 comes into to play when I turn to Christ. When I give him my heart, he does the opposite. He turns a wilderness into pools of water. He takes the dry land and makes them into water springs. He makes the, the hungry dwell that they might establish a city for a dwelling place. Sow fields and plant vineyards. Re reap a fruitful harvest. He blesses them. They multiply greatly and he does not let their cattle decrease. And then we see in verse 39, when they are diminished and brought low through oppression, affliction, sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Why does he do this? So that men will turn to him. So that people will come to Christ. 
Yet he sets the poor on high, far from affliction, and makes their families like a flock. The righteous see it and rejoice, and all iniquities stops its mouth. Whoever is wise will observe these things, and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. It is his mercy that leads us to repentance. And so let's back up. Verse 4. We have four different kinds of people that the psalmist is going to talk about. And so we're going to back up to the beginning of the psalm. It starts off, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. That's how the psalm ended. Recognize his loving kindness at work in your life. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and the west, from the north and from the south. And I look across this sanctuary and I see people that have been redeemed from every walk of life. You were once not serving God and now you are serving God. You, you uh, four that are going through the waters of baptism, many people here have gone through the waters of baptism and, the, and God has touched them and raised them up. Hallelujah. And so we have become the redeemed of the Lord. That's what unites us together, church. Amen? And these four types of people, beginning in verse 4, here's the first type, the wanderers. Verse 4, they wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. And so here's this group of people. They took a wrong turn in life. Anybody ever take a wrong turn? And then you feel like, hey, I am wandering in the wilderness, and you're wandering in the wilderness for a long time. But I thank God for verse 6. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from all of their distresses. Isn't that the goodness of God? When you cry out to the Lord, when you lift up your voice to the Lord, he hears you and he saves you. Hallelujah. That's why, why, why Paul said, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, praise God. And in verse 7 it says, he led them forth by the right way that they might go to the city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry with goodness. And some of you have been hungry or maybe you are hungry for truth. Not everybody here probably is, is a believer. Not everybody here knows the Lord as their Savior it's just the, the, the way that it is in a crowd. People come curious, so they, uh, they come uh, just needing God to help them, and they don't understand yet the full revelation of what, what God has done for them, but they're hungry for truth. And in your hunger, uh, God can meet you right where you are. The wanderers, you took, a, you took a wrong turn. God can hear your cry, amen? Verse 10. Uh, the second group of people, verse 10, those who sat in darkness and the shadows of death, bound in affliction in irons because they rebelled against the words of God. 
and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor, they fell down, and there was none to help. This is a people that have given themselves to rebellion. And I know nobody here ever went through a season of rebellion in your life. Huh? Am I, am I, I'm lying to you today, aren't I? I'm not telling the truth. You went through seasons of rebellion. Uh, many, many people here rebelled against parents. You rebelled against the world. You rebelled against life. And for a while, it seemed to go okay. But eventually, your rebellion catches up with you. And eventually, you reap the wages of your rebellion. And these people are suffering not just because they turned a, 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 made a wrong turn and were wandering aimlessly. These people are suffering because of their own choices in life, and they know it. They have gone through hell and back because of bad decisions that they made, and they know it. And my message to people that are in rebellion this morning is still good news. It's still good news. You know, it's one thing for God to show mercy on somebody that just kind of went the wrong way. But it's a whole other thing for God to show mercy on somebody that has been rebellious for their whole life, running the other direction. My prayer is that God will get a hold of your heart just the same. Because in verse 13 it says this, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Hallelujah. He showed no distinction. People that just kind of went the wrong way and people that outright rebelled. He showed no distinction. God treats each one the same when they turn to the Lord and they begin to call on him. And they say, oh God, I need your help. I went the wrong direction. I was my own worst enemy. And I, went, I made choices that I should not have made. I ran from you. I turned from you. But I am now calling to you and I'm asking you to have mercy on me. And when they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. How many people are, are in the chains of addiction right now because of their own rebellion? The rebellion is the, the problem, but the fruit of it is all kinds of destruction. How many people this morning are in literal prisons because of their own rebellion? But when they cried to the Lord, he turned it all around. Whew. Oh, give praise to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. He broke their chains in pieces. This is why we've got to preach the gospel, because somebody gets to the point of chains. They got chains in their heart, and they know they deserved them from their own decisions, but they still need freedom. And Jesus is the one that breaks the chains. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord. 
for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. I feel my heart just just, uh, burning with the presence of the Lord this morning, his heart for you, his heart for me. He has broken the gates of bronze, and he has cut the bars of iron in two. How many of you have been set free from addiction? Lift up your hand. Wow, look around. This is very specific addiction. So they, they can all give testimony of what God set them free from. They could tell you how they came to the place of bondage, but then Jesus came and set them free. He broke the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. But there's a third group. They're not the rebellious. They're not the wanderers. Verse 17. They are fools. Fools. Fools because of their transgression, because of their iniquity. They were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food. They drew near to the gates of death. This is, this is those that don't always know what they're doing. They're foolish. They don't live by reason. They live by feelings. They're not rebellious or wanderers. They just live, uh, they live according to their own uh, whims and fancies and fly by the seat of their pants. Uh, they live a very foolish direction. We see a lot of this in America right now. Had a rather uh, had a longer conversation with somebody this week that does not believe in God. And you know what they believe in? They believe that that everybody just forms their own truth. Everybody has their own truth. That that that's very foolish. That means I don't have to be accountable to anybody, which, you know, it might sound like freedom, but it's actually bondage. It's foolishness. Make choices that make others scratch their head as to why they make those decisions. Foolish. I have been at times in my life foolish with decisions. But this group of people, they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distresses. He saved them. This is not the brightest crowd in the world. But yet when they turned their heart to God, and they said, God, I've messed up my life by my foolishness. God heard them, and he came to where they were, and he was not ashamed to take them up just the same as the first two groups. He took them up from where they were and set set their feet on a rock because this is what Jesus does. This is why he went to the cross. It does not matter what kind of person you are. Jesus shed his blood for you, and the moment you lift your voice to him, And say, God, I need you. He is there. He is there. He is there. He delivered them from their destructions. Upon them came diseases and all kinds of hardship. And verse 20 says, he sent his word 
and he healed them. There's some foolish things that you can do, foolish decisions that you can make that later in life will result in medical difficulties. And I've met people that say things like, I don't deserve God to heal me because I'm sick because of my own foolishness. But friends, when, when, when our foolishness, when in our foolishness, we turn to God and we say, God, I just, I'm so sorry. I come to you and I ask you to heal me. What does God do? Does he reject you? Did you say, oh, you made the bed, now sleep in it. Oh, you made the decision, now it's, it's yours. You, you, you do your own thing. No, 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 no. When we turn to God and we lift our voice to him, he saves us and he delivers us from our destruction. And he sends his word and heals our diseases. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It, it, I know how I got into this mess. And I, I didn't know until this morning how I was going to get out of it. But I know now. I'm going to turn my heart to God. I'm going to lift my voice to him. And I'm going to say, God, I need you to come and save me. And when I do that, oh, he comes. He comes rushing to save and deliver and heal. And then the psalmist says, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. <laughs> we don't deserve it, friends. But my heart's getting bigger and bigger this morning for the goodness of God, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, you might not want to admit this this morning, but how many of you would, would uh, just willingly lift your hand and say, God has delivered me from my own foolishness sometimes. Come on. Come on, God has delivered me from my own poor judgment, from my own decisions. I should have suffered this, but I turned to God, and he saved me, and he got me out of it. Pray. Let's give the Lord praise right now. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. You wonder why we sing and give thanks and rejoice like we do. It's because we are forgiven and free and God has delivered us. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then there was a fourth group. This fourth group minding their own business, doing things well. Let's read about it. Verse 23. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business in great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. And they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man, man and are at their wit's end. They're at their wit's end. 
You might be in this fourth group this morning. You might be somebody that's a believer this morning. Or somebody that doesn't yet walk with Jesus. doesn't matter. But the circumstances of life, and through nobody's fault, Jesus just said, in this world, we're going to have trouble. And you're at the place where you are at your wit's end. You're at your wit's end. And you don't know which direction to go. And you're saying, how in the world did we get here? I think America, I think the world has walked through this. I mean, the last, since COVID came, 2020, I mean, the things that have, not just COVID, but the things that have opened up in, in the world because of that time period and everything that happened, uh, the world is just in a whirlwind, and people are left scratching their heads saying, what in the world do I do? For a while, eggs were like seven bucks a dozen. How do I even make ends meet? What's going on in this economy? And it's not just America. What's going on in the world? I watched, I watched uh, minutes and mi just dozens of minutes of footage of things that I thought were in third world nations, and they were on the streets of America this week. And I left scratching my head, and I go, I'm, I, this is crazy where we're at. And in your own life, people that we've walked through, that have just had so much difficulty with jobs and so much difficulty with, with, with things that are happening in their lives, and they are at their wit's end. And I want you to know, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. God sees you. He sees you where you are. And he loves you. And you might not walk out of here having every answer for life that you need. But I want you to walk out of here knowing this, that God cares about where you are right now. And he sees you. You're at your wit's end. And you don't know where to turn. But God says... For them too, they cry out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brings them out of their distresses. I'm going to ask Alexander to come and just begin to minister on the keyboard this morning. Look at what verse 29 says. He calms the storm. so that its waves are still. And then these people are glad because the waves are quiet. And he guides them to their desired haven. 
Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. So you're driving down the road, Brother Steve, and you have to tell you have to tell your wife I can't see out of my right eye. You can be at your wit's end. We had one in the hospital this week um, thinking she was having a stroke. Turned out it was just bad symptoms of a migraine headache. We were happy about that. But you feel like I'm at my wit's end. I remember being with Brother Bill three years ago in the hospital at the lowest point of his life. We cried to the Lord. You're at your wit's end. God hears you. He hears you. He doesn't hear me as a pastor and as a Christian leader any more than he hears you when you sincerely call out to him. Cornelius, in Acts chapter 10, he knew that there was more in this life than what he had. So he sought out, he, he, he was just praying, and actually he was seeking God for, for answers. God sent to him Peter. Peter began to preach the truth that's in Jesus. And the Bible says that he and his entire household came to Christ that day. He and his entire household. Friend, the turnaround moment is this. When you lift your voice and call to the Lord. In Romans chapter 10, it says, All who call on his name will be saved. It's an important promise. The alternative is to stay lost, is to stay shipwrecked, is to stay away from God. But God is not willing that you should perish. He's made a way for us to be restored into relationship with Him. And so let's, let's pray. Let's pray right now. Lord, there's a whole lot of people in this room going through a whole lot of different things. And God, we can, if we choose, we can, we can choose to just blame you. Say, God, if, if you were really real, then this would not be happening to me. Or we can recognize this morning that your loving kindness is at work in my life. And this morning we choose, we choose to see your loving kindness at work in my life. You have, you're putting your finger on my heart, on my life. And I choose this morning to lift up my voice to you and just say, God, help. 
help. If that's your cry this morning, just while everybody's eyes are closed and not looking around, just you in your own heart right now, just say, God, help me, save me, deliver me. Just lift that cry up to the Lord right now. Even as the wanderer, even as the one in rebellion, even as the, 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 the fool, and those just eaten up by life and the storms that life bring. And they just turned their heart to God and they said, Lord, save me. Just right now, make that prayer in your heart. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Lord, I, I thank you for the day that when my wife's parents, they were, they were on drugs and headed the wrong direction, their marriage about to break up. But my father-in-law, Steve, said, Lord, save me. And you delivered him from drugs. You delivered him from all kinds of stuff. And you saved him. <laughs> and you healed his marriage and you touched his family. And that's what led to me meeting my wife. And I thank you for that miracle. You can turn any situation around. Lord, there might be some here this morning that want others to agree with them in their situations and in their difficulty. And if you're here this morning and you'd like me as, your, as a pastor of Faith Church, you'd like me to pray for you right now. And you're saying, I'm in that place. I'm at wit's end. Can you agree with me, pastor, in prayer? Just lift up your hand right now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Lord, we, we just lift these up to you right now. In Jesus' name. And I ask, Father, that you would come around as they cry out to you that you would touch in Jesus' name. Lord, I lift, I lift uh, Shelly and Jennifer up to you right now. Both of them, God, have just walked through incredible times of, of, uh, of, of health issues in their families. And I pray, God, that you would come alongside of them and that you would strengthen them by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, others in here, that need a touch from heaven, I pray that you administer and touch in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't, don't think that only the weak turn to Jesus. Don't think that only those that can't make it any other way in life turn to Jesus. Friends, every knee shall bow one day. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee shall bow. And, and I'm, I, I am calling, in fact, the, the, uh, the generation that we live in is perverse. It is very much like the Roman culture that Jesus was in. And Peter preached to the people and he said, Save yourself from this wicked generation. Turn to God. And I implore each one of you, in your walk with the Lord, turn to God. Turn to God. 
and save yourself from this generation. Amen? After our time together, uh, all through the all through our fellowship time, I'm available to you, and I am believing for God to touch you in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give praise to the Lord this morning for his goodness. Hallelujah. He is good, and his mercy endures forever and ever.